It's great to be here with you this morning. I feel like we've already celebrated the Lord in so many ways. Uh, how exciting to see the baptisms, huh, church? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, you can say that again. Praise God. All right, I knew, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I knew that was coming. No, praise the Lord. Uh, we are in this series, New Beginnings, and I can't think of a better way to celebrate new beginnings than to have a baptism service like we just had. Uh, we're looking at these topics of how do, we, how do we really grow in Christ? What does it really mean uh, to be a disciple of the Lord? Uh, I, I find that for many people in their spiritual journey, um, we're all in different places in that spiritual journey. But for many in their spiritual journey, I think it's so easy to think that we like say yes to Jesus and like that's the end. Like, and yet really saying yes to Jesus is the beginning. Amen. It's the beginning of growth. I think many times that, you know, we come to Christ and we say yes to Jesus and we think that all the, all the challenges in life are done. And, and, and the reality of it is we say yes to Jesus and there are some new challenges ahead of us. Maybe some things we've avoided that God calls us to, to pay some attention to. And, and the topic we're going to look at this morning is one of those. And in fact, I'm just going to be honest from the very beginning. Um, we're going to go to the deep end of the pool together. Emotionally. Um, we're going to be looking at forgiveness and reconciliation. It's not a topic that, that many people want to venture into. Um, maybe this morning you were hoping for something a little lighter. Um, if you know me, that just doesn't happen often. But I really believe that Christ wants us to be people who forgive because he wants to liberate us. And I think the biggest challenge many times in our walk with Christ is thinking that forgiveness is almost all about the person we're forgiving. When we look at scripture, forgiveness is really about our own liberation, finding true freedom in Christ. And, and, and forgiveness is a powerful thing. I, I love history, and I heard this story of Abraham Lincoln, uh, of a lady who went to have her son pardoned. He was sentenced to death, and he went to Abraham, she went to Abraham Lincoln and, and pleaded on his behalf. And uh, Lincoln decided to pardon her son. And when she left, she looked over at Thaddeus Stevens, who had escorted her over to, to meet with the president. And she said, you know, I knew they were wrong. I knew they were wrong. Now remember, Abraham Lincoln, right? So this is way before TV and all those type of things, right? Many people didn't even know what our president looked like back then, believe it or not, unless they saw a picture in the paper. And she said, they were wrong. He said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she said, I had heard that he was a very ugly man. And have you remember seeing pictures of Abraham Lincoln? Not a model. She said, he's the most beautiful man I've ever met in my life. The power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. Jesus taught much about forgiveness. In fact, many of his parables were on forgiveness. And of course, his whole purpose of coming was so we could find forgiveness in Christ. And, and I want to point out a couple of things that I think is so important. Don't close off this topic of forgiveness because I want you to understand that forgiveness is not given because someone deserves to be forgiven. That, that's not why forgiveness is given. Forgiveness, by the way, is not allowing yourself to go back into a harmful situation. It's not. Years ago, I had a lady ask me about that. She, she had a situation with her father growing up, and now she had grandkids. Now she had his grandkids, and she was scared to leave them alone with him and said, you know, I, I want to forgive him, but, and I feel like I have forgiven him, but should I, should I trust him? And I said, no, you should forgive, absolutely, but I don't think he's earned trust. Do you hear that, church? 
So be wise. Doesn't mean going back into a harmful situation. This is what, this is what forgiveness really means if we really sum it up. Forgiveness is, is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. That's what it is. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. That's what forgiveness is, simply put. It's interesting. The disciples ask Jesus, they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he gives what we call the Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the Disciples' Prayer. And in Matthew 6, 12, we read these words of Christ. It's right in the midst of the prayer. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And it's interesting that, that this word debt and debtors used there, it means wrong. It means something that requires satisfaction. And this idea of forgiveness in the prayer means to send away. It means to dismiss. So Lord, we know we have debts that we owe you. Forgive us those. Send them away. Dismiss them as we do the same for others. As we learn to do the same for others. In fact, forgiveness of those who have wronged us is a necessary response, a necessary response to God's forgiveness of us, but it does not earn us forgiveness. And I think that's something we have to really understand too. Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and we're talking about becoming like Jesus, but that can be so misunderstood to say, well, if I don't forgive others, then I won't be forgiven by God. Like, I have to earn it. And the reality of it is we can't earn God's forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't given to someone who deserves it. And that includes us, right, church? And so it's not about earning it. It's about being a part of this liberating experience with Christ where we've given up the right to hurt someone else for hurting us. We've placed it in the hands of God. God, you're the one. You're the judge. You deal with that. I don't want to carry it anymore. I don't, want to, I don't want to let it weigh me down anymore. I want to be liberated. I want to be free. So the necessary response of God forgiving me is realizing I should forgive others. See, letting go of grudges is a way to find emotional healing and spiritual freedom. And, and I think sometimes we get so, so trapped in, in, this, in this thinking that if I forgive them, then I'm doing something for them that they don't deserve, and I'm just going to hold on to it because as long as I'm not forgiving them, we believe we have power over them, but yet the reality of it is when we don't forgive someone, it's they who have power over us. Think about it. They have power over us. Like, they're living in our mind. And God says, let that go. Be liberated from that. One of the great examples of this for me is Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ted Boone was a survivor of World War II, a concentration camp, had a horrific childhood under the Nazi regime. And she was a believer. And so she knew that she needed to forgive those who had done some of the worst things that you can imagine to her and her family, to her sister. When she came out, she began to share the story of forgiveness. She wrote about it. She preached about it, gave testimony about it. Can you imagine one day a concentration camp guard who had been in her concentration camp came up to her and he said, I know I don't deserve it, but I'm asking for your forgiveness. Now, I don't know about you, but it takes a whole lot of Jesus at that moment. At least it would for me. 
And he said, would you forgive me? He said, I don't deserve it. Would you forgive me? He was pleading with her. And she put his, her hand on his shoulder and said, I already have. I already have. See, that's the interesting thing. I've heard people say to me, well, if they don't ask for forgiveness, how do I forgive them? Because forgiveness isn't in their power, it's in yours. It's not about what they've done. It's not about who they are. It's about what God's doing in us and who we are. It's what he wants for us. Corey Ten Boom, she wrote this. She said, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. Think about that. It's the power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Wow. I mean, that's just amazing. That forgiveness is, is, is liberating. It brings freedom. It brings power into our life. That when we live in unforgiveness, again, we're, we're trapped. We're, we're, we're bound up with this, with this resentment and these, this pain. And what God says, I want to take that from you. I want to do something in the deepest part of your soul. And I want to liberate you and allow you to experience freedom like maybe you've never experienced before. In fact, when we really look at it, forgiveness is a powerful force capable of liberating individuals from negative emotions and fostering freedom from resentment and hatred. Again, that word liberating, I love that word. It's liberating. Jesus, he's hanging on the cross. I just want that to sink in for a minute. Because I don't know about you, but we, we, can, we can read the gospel story over and over again. Maybe we become dare I even say a little immune to the reality? Jesus is hanging on the cross. The scripture says that he could call legions of angels down to defend him if he wanted to. And I've often said it's good news that I wasn't up there because I would have. With God's help, right? But what does Jesus say? One of the words he says from the cross is so profound to me. Luke 23, 34, first part of that verse. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Can you imagine being crucified? One of the worst forms of persecution ever known to man. And it's a son of God. He doesn't deserve this. If you know the account, even when he's on there, he has these criminals who at first, both of them are against him. And then one turns and says, you know, I want to be with you in paradise. And so he's, he's being ridiculed, he's being mocked. And what does Jesus do? He says, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And when I first read that years ago, when I was, a, I was still a teenager, I was, I was looking at that and I thought, they knew what they were doing. They were crucifying you, Jesus. But they didn't know what they were doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And this example of Christ is so profound that one of the centurions who's crucifying him says, this is the son of God. This example of Christ, this, this forgiveness is so profound that many of the priests become believers after this. And before we look and say, how could they do that to Jesus? The reality of it is, if we look at scripture, all of us are with sin. Like you and I hung him on the cross. 
He, he died for us. And so when he's saying, Father, forgive them, they know about what they're doing. He's not just speaking of them. He's speaking of us. Lord, bring forgiveness. Christ is saying, may I might act on the cross. May this pay their debt that they can be in relationship with you so they can have power and they can have freedom and they can live the life that I have promised them. See, forgiveness as modeled by Christ encourages us to have a spirit of forgiveness and understanding, really recognizing the potential for redemption and transformation in others, even in the face of wrongdoing. Think about it. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5.18. Listen to his words. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled to us himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All of this is from God. What's, what does he what do mean? Salvation, life, the ability to live this fullness of life that Christ has promised us, and the ability to not just be reconciled to God, but to be reconciled to one another. As ambassadors of Christ, we are to proclaim the good news and to, and to implore that others would turn to God and that we would be an example of his forgiveness to the world around us. And when I think about that, Man, it excites me. Forgiveness found in Christ is at the heart of our being reconciled to God, but also the basis for our ability to reconcile to one, with one another. I mean, when you think about it, reconciliation, forgiveness, is the language of the cross. It, it, it's the divine bridge that spans the chasm between people and God and between person and another. It, it's built with the beams of mercy, exemplified by Christ himself. So when we think about forgiveness, you say, well, what, what do we do? We just look to Jesus. We just look to him. He's the example. He's also the one that empowers us. And I think in my life many times, when I look at my spiritual journey, what really hangs me up is me. <laughs> like, I get in the way. Now, I'm sure I'm the only one in this room that's there. I'm sure I am. I get it. I'm, I'm it. But, but, but I get in the way because I look and I go, I can't do that. Have you ever thought that? Uh-oh, people are being honest this morning. We must be in church. You know, I can't, I can't do that. I don't have the strength. Philippians 4.13, I bet you know it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things, thank you. I can do what? All things. Some things? All things. Okay, okay. All things. Through who, oh? Christ. Christ. I've got to get out of the way and let him. I've got to believe and trust. Why is it? I'm getting a little excited up here. Why is it? And I'm asking this honestly. Why is it that we can come to Christ for our salvation and then not trust him for our sanctification? I mean, just wrap your mind around that for a minute. God, I believe you can change my eternal destiny, but you can't give me the power to forgive. It just sounds ridiculous saying it. And yet I've been there. I've wrestled with it. See, here's the reality. You might say I can't do it, but God says through me you can. You can. I want this for you, God is saying. I want this for you. 
I want you to be liberated. I want you to have power. I don't want others to have power over you. I want you to have power over yourself and the world around you. I've given you the victory. Walk in the victory, God says. Do you believe that this morning, church? That's how much he loves us. That's how much he believes in us. God isn't about taking things from us that are good for us. He's about taking things from us that aren't and giving us things that are good. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to think that we could live contrary to what, what God's word says is best for us and live good lives. The fullness of living comes with trusting Jesus and following his example, and, and especially in this area of forgiveness, because I believe it's the one area that most of us get so wrapped up and trapped in that we don't find the freedom God wants us to have. And I want you to know this morning, God says, walk in my freedom. Trust in me. See, forgiveness is, is not minimizing a wrong that's been done to you. It's giving up my right to hurt others. It's trusting in what God has for us. I, I was really thinking about this and, and, and really pondering in my life times where I've had difficulty forgiving people. And you know what almost every single one of them has in common? The other person didn't even know I wasn't forgiving them. Like I thought I was hurting them. And they didn't even know. They didn't even care. And there I was thinking, they don't deserve it. I'm not going to give it to them. I'm, going to, I'm not talking to them, which they probably preferred. <laughs> I was hurting no one but me. And I'm so thankful for God's patience, church family. So thankful for his patience where he just gently would take me by the hand in each of those situations and say, I want more for you, Craig. And walked me through forgiving. I've written many a letter I didn't send. A mentor taught me that years ago. He said, write out the letter. He said, then file it. And by the way, he meant file it in the trash can. Just put it in the trash can. Give it to God. He knows your hurts. Just, just spell them out. And there's many a letter I've, I've written out and I've, I've placed in the trash can and, and I've let God just sort of take care of those things. There's other times where I've sat across from someone I've really shared my hurt when that's been available. But many times I've forgiven people who have never asked for forgiveness, for never even knew that I forgave them because they didn't even know I was upset with them. And there's just this freedom. There's things in my past I couldn't even find the people who hurt me. And if I went up to them and said, you know, you really hurt me, they'd probably say, who are you? <laughs> but God knows me. God knows my pain. God cares. And he says, give that to me and let me heal you. Give that to me and let me heal you. I want you to imagine with me. Imagine a, a heavy chain, you know, sort of bound around your heart. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's binding in resentment. It, it, it's binding in all that pain. And I want you to picture forgiveness as the master key that unlocks that chain and that allows that resentment and that pain to, to be free so that you can once again walk in freedom. Maybe this morning, maybe this morning, God is tapping on your heart 
And he's saying, Let, let's use the master key. Let's use the master key. I was reminded, I, I, I get into these agricultural illustrations. They're throughout the Bible, by the way. Now, what's interesting is I can't grow anything. Like, I'm the furthest from a, from a person who can grow stuff. I killed a cactus once, for goodness sakes. How do you kill a cactus? Let me tell you, you never give it water. Someone told me it doesn't really need much water, and I, I guess in my mind I thought that meant it didn't need any water. By the way, let me tell you, cactuses need water. They need some, I guess. I don't know how much, but more than none. But, but I was thinking about this. I was, I was thinking about this, this, this example of sort of what happens is, it's like when we allow unforgiveness to sort of rule in our heart, we're like a tree who's never really been trimmed. My dad had these beautiful orange trees in his backyard, and, and when Mr. Johnson was still alive, he would come over and take care of them, and they were immaculate. And we thought that was a sort of natural, like the orange trees were easy to take care of. And then when he passed, we realized really quick all that he had done, because the trees were dying. And one day I, I went out back, and I was able to do this. I remember him trimming off the bad branches and stuff. And so I began to do that, and guess what? The orange tree came back until I went up north and then it died because dad didn't take care of it. Must have got my green thumb from him. But I was thinking about that and I thought, perhaps part of what we wrestle with in our, in our walk with God is just not resigning ourselves to letting him tend our branches. And then when we're not really producing the fruit that the scripture says, we get frustrated, maybe even blame him. When in reality, we're just an untended tree that isn't going to bear good fruit. But when we allow him to tend the tree, guess what? We blossom. And part of the tending of the tree is trusting him in this area of forgiveness. I want to say this morning that I, I don't take this lightly. I, I don't sit up here and, and, and say, hey, just do it. It's easy. Just do it. I know it's difficult. I know it can be one of the hardest steps you take with Christ. But God is a God of new beginnings, right, church? Amen. He's a God of new beginnings. Maybe the person you need to forgive this morning is God himself. You say, can we be honest about that? Well, he already knows. Why do we act like he doesn't know things? <laughs> maybe it's a hurt in your past. Maybe, maybe your resentment's toward him. Come to him. Let him give you, this is the crazy thing about God. Let him give you the strength to forgive him. And he'll do that if you're honest before the Lord. Let him do that tending. My desire for all of us this morning, whether we're online, over in the chapel, or in this room, is that we leave this place liberated. Liberated. Free. Free. That no one has power over us except for God himself. Except for God himself, God wants you to be free. For those who God has set free are free indeed. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, won't you do something a little odd? Let your seat, just the place you're seated right now, let that be the little altar. Let God speak to you. For some of you, it may just be saying, Lord, I, I, would you make me willing to forgive? I don't know. 
I could sit up here all day and speculate where all of us are. But you know, God's working. Do some business with them. And in just a second, I'm going to pray over us. But let me tell you something. There's nothing like walking in the freedom of the Lord. And as I've said before, I triple dog dare you. Test the Lord in this. Trust the Lord in this. Walk with the Lord in this. Amen, church? So let's just bow our heads for a moment. We'll have a little bit of awkward silence. And our culture's silence is so awkward. And then I'll pray. Father God, you are so, so good. I admit that I don't always see your goodness. I look at the world, the situation sometimes I find myself in, and, and, and I don't necessarily see the good there, but, but God, you are good. You're always working. and It doesn't take me seeing you working to know you are. It takes faith. It takes believing. But you're a good God. And, and I know you're a good God when I really think about it because only a good God would send his one and only son to die for my sins, to be resurrected for my salvation. Only a good God would, would preach a gospel about forgiveness, not just the forgiveness we receive from you, but the forgiveness we can, we can give to others. Only a good God would offer us true freedom. And so, Lord, I just pray, Again, whether it's someone who's in this, in this room, over in the chapel, uh, online, Lord God, where, wherever we find ourselves, whenever we're listening to this, that, that we wouldn't put this off. But even in this moment, we would just simply say, Lord God, do your work in us, prune us, tend us. We want to be fruitful. We want to live in freedom. I don't make light of anyone's pain. I, I can't imagine what Corey Ten Boom went through. I can't imagine the moment that she's standing face to face with this guard and she says, I've already forgiven you. And we can look at her as sort of a super Christian and yet she's what a normal Christian is when they trust in you. And so what you've done in her life, you can do in ours. You can do right now in the life of a person who just gives that pain to you. Teach us to forgive. Teach us to, to walk, Lord God, in the freedom that you've designed us to live in. God, if there's anyone who's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, we just ask in this moment that you would just meet with them in a special way. Lord God, thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for being resurrected for our salvation. Thank you for the forgiveness we have in Jesus. And oh, Lord God, as we say yes to you, whether it's yes we've said uh, this, at this moment, weeks, months, years ago, may we continue to say yes to you as you grow us in these new beginnings, these new beginnings we have with you every day. Thank you for being our liberating God and for loving us so extravagantly. Work, I pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.